Okay, I'm coming to you once again with a big business proposition. I'm giving you oh, my Shark Tank boy. pitch here. Are you ready to invest? You got your Absolutely. dollars in your pockets? Uh-huh. Yeah, got my checkbook out. I'm going to write it uh, a check to you very slowly in a checkout line while people wait. Oh, fantastic. Uh-huh. Nobody minds that these days nope. at all. <laughs> So here's the deal. I'm kind of thinking about all these boutique products that are out there. It seems like for whatever interest you have, there's some way that you can, um, you know, get charged a lot more money for it than you would in a conventional way, right? Right. I'm thinking the world of high-end toilet papers has not been explored enough yet. We need a luxurious, high-end toilet paper, trademark dead and lovely, (laughs) that's going to just treat your butthole right and keep you uh, clean and soft and feeling fresh all day. That's why I am pitching to you opiate for them asses. (laughs) (laughs) Opiate for them asses. Do you like it? I do. I do like it. I think... Like, you know, it it does connect maybe to religion a little there, but, you know, who of us hasn't felt a little religious while wiping our ass, you know? That's a little bit true. of like, hey, maybe there is a God, because this is nice. <laughs> You'll think that every time you use our luxury toilet papers from <laughs> Opiate for Them Asses, which you heard about on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely. The best horror movie podcast. Yeah. I don't know why we talk about other stuff. I don't know. I don't it just happens. <laughs> <laughs> here with those at the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And we are here today to be talking about La Dia de la Bestia from, uh, was it 95? Is that right? Yeah, 19 and 95. 1995. Mm-hmm. I was only 11 years old at this time, Steve. Um, when this came out, I I believe I was I was either 13 or 14. So you know, I was thinking about girls and you know, getting excited to drive a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably listening to garbage. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, yeah. I get that. Probably spending a lot that. of time in the shower. Like your, yeah. your mom was like, "Where's all the conditioner going?" That kind of thing. <laughs> No, I'm not, a, and I am not a shower masturbator. Though I may have discovered that in '95, because you were you the know. inventor of it. Yeah, <laughs> the innovator <laughs> of the shower wink, Steve Spratling. Right? That is what I meant. I may have invented shower wanking in 1995. Should have trademarked it, dude. I also discovered uh, cum plus water equals glue. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> you were a bit of a scientist back in those days. It's true. I was wearing a lab coat the whole time. It ruined the shower, <laughs> but it definitely improved the wank. So, Well, if you want to skip us talking about jerking off in the shower as teenagers and stuff and get straight to the movie <laughs> review. Well, yeah, first of all, you shouldn't, but there yeah. is a timestamp for you if you want to skip it and get straight on to the movie talk. Yeah. Um, I have just had a fucking hell of a busy week, Steve. Yeah. My God, man. I swear, like... I've been doing another two-month sabbatical like I did last right. year, yeah. where like December and January, it's like I'm not teaching any lessons, and I'm like, right. I'm going to have so much time to relax. Yeah. What a <laughs> no, dumb asshole that guy was. No, anything else could possibly be coming up at all, yeah. No, nothing could come up. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't have like a bunch of rehearsals and like three right. hours worth of music to learn for the Shiprock to gig I'm doing right. in January. We're not repainting our place and doing all kinds of other shit right yeah just easy going smooth sailing man uh it's been a very fucking busy week but there has been some pretty funny shit along the way that i was okay. gonna tell you about that's good 
Uh, so we had our first rehearsal for this Shiprocked gig, which right. what we're doing this time around is um, myself and Andy Wood and Andy Campbell, we're kind of serving as the house band, and for the, the Stowaways sets, the Stowaways is kind of like this all-star band that is made up of you know people from various bands on the boat. Okay. And uh, we're going to be kind of the core band, and people are going to get up and do different songs with us, just like different cover tunes and stuff. It's always really fun. That's where you end up getting to play with some amazing players and um, people that you've listened to for half of your life and shit. So it's always really fun. Mm-hmm. But the the set list is very diverse. There's a ton of material on there that we're going through. And uh, we got together and had our first rehearsal the other day. And dude... I, I about fucking pissed my pants laughing. I've not laughed this hard in so long. Okay. But it was me and Andy and Cam, and we were all running through these tunes and stuff. And, you know, Andy and Cam are both just mega pros and everything. So everybody shows up. Everybody knows the material. Everybody is taking notes as we're playing the tunes and shit. And uh, one of the songs that one of the artists requested that they wanted to play for their Stowaways tune is uh, Bawit De Ba by Kid Rock. Okay. Which you know I love, of course. Your favorite, yeah. It is a it is a silly song, clearly. Yeah. So we're running through the tune and stuff, making sure we got all the all the screws tightened and all that jazz. And it gets to this part in the middle of the song where like Andy's playing the guitar part, I'm playing the bass part, and Cam's playing the drums back there. And Andy leans over to Cam and he's like, "Dude, like I'm lost. Where are we in the song right now? What's the vocals doing right now during this part? Could you sing the lyrics so I'll know where we're at?" <laughs> Like, it, with the utmost professionalism. Yeah. And, you know, just super focused mentalities on both their faces. Like, Cam's, like, playing the drum part and stuff, and he turns to Andy and he goes, Ba wit da ba da dang da dang diggy diggy. <laughs> <laughs> but with the utmost, like, sincerity and professionalism. And Andy nods like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I got where well, we are right, now. Yeah, right. That's We're in the ba wit da ba bang a dang diddy diddy part. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so fucking stupid. <laughs> Isn't that, that's like the, all the lyrics too, right? There are no yeah. other lyrics. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and get in the pit and try to love someone. I think that's in there somewhere too. Oh, it was so funny. It's so funny, man. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So all that stuff is going good. I'm just trying to bust ass and learn all these tunes and everything. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty high profile gig and stuff, man. So I'm excited about it. It'll be fun. Uh, in the meantime, too, we've still been painting our, our main place. Got pretty much all that done. There's still just a touch-up or two that I need to do in there. Okay. Um, it's also amazing what I discovered that the incredibly weird layout of our bathroom. You remember what the bathroom is like yes. in our place, right? Mm-hmm. There are like 15 wall surfaces in that yeah. one room. Why? I don't know. <laughs> you know what you want not in make a bathroom is just a ton of like corners and things. It's nothing but corners. It's yeah. really an, an enigma, man. It's pretty wild. So got all that shit done. Just listened to a whole bunch of uh, last podcasts on the left and shit and burn time that way, which is totally fine. Uh, we did have something uh, shockingly morbid happen <laughs> during oh. the process, though. Yeah. So we took a bunch of our stuff out of the living apartment and put it in my studio right? Uh, while we were doing the painting, right? And mm-hmm. some of the stuff that we moved into the guest bedroom in the studio was all of our collection of skulls and stuff. We have a bunch of okay. animal skulls and all kinds of rad shit that we usually have laying around. So we put that stuff, very fragile, on the guest bed in there uh, while we were painting. Okay. One day, I'm working here in my studio doing something. Kate's doing something in our, our main apartment. And our, our new little girl, Darla. Uh-huh. 
Kate just hears her scamper into the bedroom and, you know, she's doing <laughs> something. And Kate, like, walks in there to see what she's up to. And what Darla is doing, and this is just morbid on so many fucking levels, dude. Um, do you remember several years ago after we lost our first dog, Attila, we yep. had his we had his remains cleaned and we have his skeleton now. Right. It's not articulated. It's just a bunch of loose bones in the skull and stuff. Uh, Darla apparently jumped on that guest bed, grabbed Attila's skull, oh, no. ran off with it. And chewed on a whole bunch of his face and ate some of it, dude. Oh. Like a bunch of his like opt uh, what's it called orbital bone like around the eye socket right. and shit. Oh shit! Ate a bunch of it. She was that- really proud. Like I found this cool bone. <laughs> oh no! I know. It's fucking brutal. It's fucking brutal, dude. <laughs> that actually make. I mean, I know it's not the 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 aesthetic you were going for, but that makes it way cooler. <laughs> I know, right? Like, oh no. I'm trying to kind of spin it as like, well, you know, in some cultures, they they uh, pay reverence to their elders by eating their remains. So sure. maybe it's like that, you know? She's like, I'm going to absorb the powers of this great dog. <laughs> but it's also kind of led to us being like, oh my God, like Darla is kind of this bizarre incarnate hand of fate because in, in life, as we say uh-huh. on this show, Attila bit three different people on the face, myself included. Whoa, okay. Uh, we figured out that he really did not like being around drunk people. Um, yeah. Myself and the two other people that he bit all definitely had alcohol on the breath whenever he bit them on the face. Uh-huh. Uh, so that seemed to be a common theme. So now in, in death, he is getting his face eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Turkey always used to bite on Zora's legs and stuff. And, you know, uh-huh. Zora had all his leg problems and shit. Yeah. So it was like, don't bite her fucking legs. Now Darla bites the shit out of Turkey's legs all the time. <laughs> Darla is an agent just out for karma. Yeah. For all she the is other the hand of karma. Yes. Yep. So that's what she's doing. So if you've done something bad in your past, you better keep clear of Darla, man. She's going to fucking set you straight. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, that is fucking insane. Like, I know to her it's just bones. Yeah. But that is just like an insane image. <laughs> but dude, there were so many other skulls and stuff on that bed. She could have yeah, taken she that any yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Any of them. Specifically, mm-hmm. she took that one. So Wow. Yeah. Pretty metal moment here at the house. It's For like because sure. <laughs> I was in I was in the bathroom actually and I heard Kate yell at Darla and then she came in and like knocked on the door and she's like you know, you won't believe what just fucking happened. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> She's like, Darla just ate Attila's face. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> Attila's this back. This next song is called Face Eating Hound. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? metal as fuck. Pretty metal, dude. Have you had any uh, any metal occurrences going on this week? You've been moving into your new place and shit? Uh, metal occurrences, no. We've had very boring, uh, largely just, you know, moving stuff and unpacking stuff occurrences. Um, bu- busy, you know, because unpacking the entirety of your stuff into a new place and figuring out where it goes is it's busy. way more work than you ever think it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't it amazing when you go through that shit and you're just like... Why do I still have this? Why did I save this? Yeah, I have definitely had that a bunch already. And the thing is, like, I know it seems easy, especially when you walk into a kitchen and you're like, oh, there's all this cabinet space. 
it seems like well definitely stuff will just go in there but then it's like okay well no where does the stuff go though like it needs to go in particular places i'm not gonna you know put dishes over the stove where spices and things should be mm-hmm. so you're going through all your stuff organizing it again after you you know had organized it at the previous place now you're trying to figure out you know what to do with all these fucking cabinets and then like i don't know what it is but like when a when a place is empty it looks gigantic and the second you put something like a bed or a couch in it you're like oh we don't have enough room there's no space i (laughs) know it is the weirdest fucking thing man it really is so our living room setup is not my favorite, um, but though it is cozy, it it's like the the entire living room is large, but the only way we could possibly set up the couch and the TV is in the tiniest corner of the living room. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks, but it is cozy. It's it's not bad at all. So yeah, it, we're that's what we've been working on a lot this week. We, we definitely haven't had any time to get into any hijinks, and luckily haven't had anything stolen after I bought a camera. Yay. All right, yeah. good deal, good deal, that's man. Uh huh. Have you seen a Bigfoot or a Mothman or anything? They got any cool cryptids out there in Portland? I haven't seen those though. I they you know big feats are all over the place here. I hear, um, but I did see a guy. <laughs> through the camera the other day i did see a guy uh just dragging a a a refrigerator down our road and i was like what what could that because like he was coming from the dead end of our road like did he steal a refrigerator Nah, man, that's just CrossFit. CrossFit's getting weird these days. <laughs> it is. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Today's CrossFit workout. Take Fridge your refrigerator bowls. down the road and back. <laughs> Be a man. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, yeah, that's all. We've really just been focused on getting things unpacked and uh, getting to know our, our, our area, which it's, it's, it's a weird anomaly because... Anytime we look anything up, it is within a, a mile from. Ain't us. this place a geographical oddity? One mile from everything. <laughs> what the, that's the point. It's one mile from everything, but it is one mile from everything. Like if we lived anywhere else in this neighborhood, everything would be blocks away. But where we live happens to be one mile from everything. <laughs> it's like it's like irritating too because one mile is not a long walk. Except it's uh, cold and rainy, so yeah. you got we got to drive one mile all the time, and that's annoying. Like that's not even worth a drive. It feels like, yeah, but, that's annoying. Know, yeah, but uh, because everything is nearby, it's really nice. Like we, you know, we got a Target really close. We got all sorts of great grocery stores and restaurants and everything. So just fucking loving this area even though we did have the theft issues the first couple days word man yeah. all right well i'm glad you're getting settled in man you guys been uh, enjoying that christmas season yeah that christmas yeah, we have. time of year yep we made christmas cookies the other night um something i haven't done in a long time but um we used anna's mother's recipe which is amazing like i oh. yeah it, it was like a butter cookie what's going on it was a sugar cookie um okay yeah, but yeah, just like um got some got some uh, nutmeg and lemon extract in there and like mm. I I didn't know how that was going to work, but once I tasted the dough, I was like, "Fuck, these this is good." Um so yeah, we we made some some Christmas cookies and decorated them and 
we haven't had a ton of time to watch stuff um other than we've we've just been continuously going through community we've gotten halfway through season six so that's still great still love that show and uh, hell yeah other than that we we had the friday night screaming chat like we always do and we've been i've you know really been trying to do holiday movies for this month because i love holiday horror but also trying to see stuff that i haven't seen so we watched a 1972 made for tv thriller horror movie called uh home for the holidays hmm i don't know that one yeah i had never seen it before either but it it it's interesting because we did Silent Night, uh, Bloody Night, and I had talked about that a couple weeks ago, about how it kind of has a lot of the elements of Black Christmas, uh, and this one also had some of those elements of like the phone calls being kind of a necessity and things like that, though it is it is different in a lot of ways. But the, these are pre-Black Christmas holiday horror movies that I had never really watched and didn't really have any context for, and... While it's not great, it has Jessica Walter and uh, Sally Field in it. And Sally Field looks like she's 12, but she's hmm. like 26. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, they, but it's it, it was good. Like, not, not great, but it definitely had its moments. Um, and then uh, we watched another one called To All a Good Night. I don't which, know that one either. Okay. All right. I, I said that Home for the Holidays is, is fine. This is um, if you like slashers and you like I do. you like holiday horror. I do, and you like uh, '80s movies that r- maybe aren't great. Yes, that is okay. I'm checking all these boxes yeah, here. It's yes, definitely worth a watch. I think uh, <laughs> to all a good night. Like there are too many characters for sure, but there there's some cool deaths and stuff, and uh, there's definitely some nudity. That's fun. Um, it is a who, you know, one of those, um, whodunit type of things that there was a moment early on where I was like, oh, that's whodunit. (laughs) And it turned out to be that's whodunit. So that actually worked fine for me. I'm normally like irritated by whodunits because they try to get way ahead of you and make you like not be able to possibly guess it. And this one, it was like, you could guess it just fine. Okay. All right. Yep. That sounds worth a watch. Sounds like a lot of stuff that I like, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it is. I th- like I was surprised I had never seen it nor heard of it. Uh but it's it's on Shutter and it's it's definitely worth seeing. I mean there there were some some cute 80s ladies, so that's always fun. All right. Yeah. Sign me up. And one chick for some reason doing a British accent. But why like, not? <laughs> it didn't make any sense and it wasn't very good. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there's a bunch of them holiday classics I've not quite got around to watching yet just because it yeah. has been uh, so freaking hectic around here, man. It's usually just been like wash a paintbrush and go the fuck to sleep at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. Or finish working on tunes and go yeah. the fuck to sleep. Uh, we watched Rare Exports the other day, though, and that movie's so fucking good, man. Yes, it is. And I, I am going to also be rewatching it this season. But our uh, lovely listener, Jonas Ninavara, has uh, provided us with a more accurate uh, translation subtitle file. So it's, that rules. it's available through the, the Facebook group. It's an SRT file. So, I mean, I, I use uh, VLC for watching videos. So if you got, if you got a, 
potentially illegal rip of huh? <laughs> um, what <laughs> of uh, rare exports or just rip it yourself from your own disc uh you can then you know just uh attach that srt file and watch it with a more accurate translation because apparently the translation of rare exports is not great or not exactly accurate while it is understandable to english speaking audiences Okay, well, it might be worth a rewatch in that yeah. case, then, because this is a, it's a fucking cool movie. We it's did amazing. that on the show a couple of years ago, I uh-huh. think. Yeah, and uh, I always forget just how much I really, really dig that movie. It's super cool. It's really short too. It's like an hour twenty. Yeah, it really keeps a, a brisk Hype pace throughout the mm-hmm. flick. Mm-hmm. Fun I like flick, that movie man. A lot. Enjoy that one a lot. Also, forgot about all the old man dick in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this movie we're talking about today got some old man dick. I know. You've had a I watched fill them of both, old man dick. <laughs> like in the same day. Yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards, I went in the bathroom and I dropped my drawers in front of the mirror and just looked at my young dick for a while just so I could be like, I just need to see some not ancient dick here for a minute. I just looked at my own and I was like, you know what? You're doing fine. It's like that scene in Boogie Nights. You just whip it out. Yeah. In front of the it's mirror. exactly like You're that. You're a fucking star. Uh, only bigger. Even bigger. Though. Even bigger. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's a burden. You know, it's really a burden. Yeah. <laughs> so you. Okay. So wait. Um, you watched uh, Rear Exports. What else you watch? That's basically it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, we we both been busy as hell, huh? No kidding, man. I'd yeah. like to crack myself open a, a cold beverage right here. What do you Ooh. think about that? Go for it, man. I've got myself, and again, this is stuff that's left over from the Halloween party. Dude, so I'm not usually into the world of like, you know, White Claws and right. you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I think most of them kind of suck. Usually what I like to do is make homemade versions instead yeah, where I just same. take seltzer water, add a little bit of juice to it, and put vodka in it. Yeah. Uh, that's essentially what Spindrift has done. Have you ever had Spindrift seltzer yep. water? Yep. I have it all the time. Love Spindrift. It's actual yeah, it's great. juice. It tastes great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have like a minimal amount of calories, like five yeah, or like ten calories. it's like four or five calories. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not bad. But it'll have like real pineapple juice and seltzer water, whatever. So they yeah. do an alcoholic one now too. They do like a oh, spiked seltzer. Yeah. So this is their pineapple flavor. It's only four percent ABV, but I think uh-huh. it's like was it fucking yeah ninety five calories. So it's, it's nothing. Yeah. And uh, it tastes just like that Spindrift pineapple one, which wow. I, I, I meant to do that with this, but I forgot to. Man, I've been wanting to try that with a bunch of Angostura bitters added to it because oh. I do that with the regular seltzer one all the time, and it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. So I bet it'd be really good with this too. Yeah. Have you ever had the um uh what is it called? Ranch water? Not not the drink, but the seltzer. Yes, brand. the spicy one is fucking awesome. Yeah, I love those so much. Like yes. they're they're so good. I I'm also a big fan of the uh Dos Equis, uh seltzer water. It's I haven't had really that. Really fucking good. Really good. Mm. Yeah. All right. I'll check those out, man. Check it out. You got anything you're drinking on? No, um, we we don't have anything in the house right now except for some rosé. Uh, Ooh, <laughs> I would have it, but uh, I don't. I don't want to drink it all. <laughs> all right then. Yeah. Well, I'll just drink alone. I'm over here thoroughgooding it. Oh, all by yourself. Mm, that's how I prefer to. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's right. I, I mean, that's the best way to do it. When you're gonna drink alone, I I prefer to call up some friends. Like mm. we'll all drink alone together. Right. <laughs> it just makes sense. Yeah. You know, Steve, this movie that we're talking about here today, 
Mm-hmm. Some might say it's a Christmas movie. Ho, ho, ho. I think, yeah. I think uh, there's a good reason to say that, for sure. But I think a, a lot of other people would say it's not a Christmas it's movie. It's not a Christmas movie because it's not a wonderful life. Hmm. That's them. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm sure that there's other movies, what we could talk about, that we might just have to debate if they're a Crimbus movie or not. How about we yep. do that as we enter into the preview palace? Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to the preview palace. <laughs> it's Santa. Santa came by. Thanks, Santa. Aw. Oh, fuck you. What? That was mean. Yeah, that was it's mean. cold. He's on my naughty list. Yeah, how about that, right? Yeah. Audit Santa. <laughs> so you yeah. came up with a, a name for this game, Steve, and I like it. <laughs> well, Anna came up with it, and I think it's perfect. It's ho, 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 or no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Are these Christmas movies or not? Let's go ahead and start yeah. here with probably the most basic icebreaker, a constant debate. Yeah. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie, Steve? Yeah, that's a constant debate, and like, I mean... I guess I'll tip my hand here and say, I think anything you like to watch around Christmas is a Christmas movie, but like specifically Die Hard requires Christmas. Like, yeah, I, I know, I know people, I've seen people debate that it doesn't have to be Christmas. There could be just any other office party going on, but it's, it, it is the initiating factor for like, like why, two separated people across the country from each other why this husband would go to see this wife it is a major holiday that's right um, then also like you've got so many lines that require christmas but like any other holiday you you wouldn't get those fun lines like it's just he like, just say i got a machine gun not yeah. ho 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 yeah. i've got a machine gun which is like what, way more festive what is he gonna say like okay let's say it's a thanksgiving movie gobble gobble i got a machine gun that sounds not dumb. the same yeah Mm-mm. i i think like yeah it needs to be christmas so it because the setting needs christmas it is a christmas movie and it, and it snows at the end. Imagery. It's a miracle. You know? Yes, exactly. There's a miracle at the end. And then the sequel to it is also on Christmas. It's like they, they were really trying to make this a Christmas franchise or something. Right? I'm yeah. with you. It's a Christmas movie for sure. Die Hard's yeah. a fucking Christmas movie. Uh, we did a wild card review of that several Christmases ago. Yeah. Be sure to listen to that one sometime. Now, there's some other Action movies for what sure. happen at Christmas as well, including one Lethal Weapon. Yeah, Lethal Weapon is set at Christmas. And I just said that, and people who've watched Lethal Weapon a ton of times went, probably went, it is? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I forget that it's at Christmas. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, by my, by my own uh, rubric, if you think it's a Christmas movie, it's a Christmas movie. But as far as, like how Christmassy it is it's not like there's I don't think so either just being said at Christmas doesn't really make it to me a Christmas movie because it doesn't integrate Christmas really that in any significant way throughout the movie I know like if it would have been like ho 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 I'm getting too old for this shit that'd be different <laughs> 
Maybe at the start of the movie when Mel Gibson's thinking about killing himself, he's like, I'll just string myself up with this tinsel and garland and goodbye, cruel world. That'd be different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then an angel appears to him and says, don't you go killing yourself now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was ways they could have made this more Christmassy. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I Yeah. So to me, that's a no, no, no. I think that's a no, no, no for me as well. Honestly. Yeah. Trading Places. What about that one right there? It's okay. got Dan Aykroyd as a Santa in it, doesn't it? It does, it does. And it's set around Christmas, and it's in New York, and there's snow and all that. So it's got... I mean, I think it's kind of... It's, it, it would depend on your own experience with it. Because I think it has enough Christmas elements for somebody to see it as a Christmas movie. But I myself uh i've only seen it a few times and i never think of it as a christmas movie it's an end of the year movie to me it's a new year's sure. movie mm-hmm. you know that's oh, one that okay. i kind of associate with that time of year like right there is a lot of christmasy stuff in this but i feel like it's sort of the it's the week after christmas kind of vibe yeah yeah absolutely yeah no i so yeah to me not a christmas movie but i get no. it if somebody thinks of it as a christmas movie what do you think about a feller what's out there parading around looking like dang old Bob Smith from A Cure with dang old <laughs> skizzers on his fingers? What do you know about him? Uh, Edward Scissorhands. It's it's so weird to me to think of this as a Christmas movie. Mm. like Because it is there for sure. But I just don't... When I think of Edward Scissorhands... I don't think of the dreary scenes that fit the aesthetic. I think of how out of place he is in the bright, shiny scenes. Yeah. And that's like that's kind of the way my brain focuses on that movie. And I I know there's, you know, all the snow and stuff and there's the in Christmas and whatnot. But yeah, to me, like the the scenes that really always stick are the ones where he stands out the most. And he doesn't really stand out at Christmas to me. I think I'm going to have to watch this again before I can really give my evaluation. I remember there was a period of time, it was around that same time when I was a kid and I would rent like Ghostbusters 2 as much as I could and watch it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I went through a phase where I rented Edward Scissorhands a bunch of times and watched it as well, which seems weird. That seems like something that would be too weird for me to watch when I was a kid the way I grew up. But for whatever reason, I was able to watch that one a bunch of times when I was like really young. Um, in reality, you know how it is. We probably rented it twice, but <laughs> yeah, I know that is so weird when you think like, oh, like when you were a kid, you think, oh, we rented that all the time, and yeah, it was like two or three times, right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I've watched it since then. Honestly, like I don't know the last time that I watched Edward Scissorhands. I think I just need to go back and revisit before I can yeah. give my evaluation. It has been a long time for me as well, but yeah, to me, I never thought of that as a Christmas movie. Hmm. Okay, what do you think about a movie? Now listen to this. Okay. Tell me this doesn't sound crimacy. Okay. It's got a guy in a big red suit that flies around the world. Oh, okay. Definitely Christmas for sure. He shoots lasers out of his hands and he's a billionaire. Oh, wait, what? And he has an alcohol problem. Okay. (laughs) And a problem with uh, a mandarin. Okay. Wow. It's getting less Christmassy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. So Iron Man three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, up front, you got some stuff that sounds like it. It might be a Christmas movie. Yeah, 
I well, I mean, Shane Black definitely seems to like Christmas. We'll talk about, uh, you know, we could talk about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's uh, also a movie set around Christmas. That's true. That's a pretty good one too. It is. Yeah, I like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, but I like, uh, yeah, to me, I think he just likes the feel of Christmas, but doesn't want to lean into the movie being a Christmas movie, and that's cool. I mean, like. Holidays are a good time to set movies. They just are. I mean, uh, John Hughes obviously knew that. He wrote a million fucking movies set at Christmas. Like for sure, it's just a good time because there's there's a, a feel to it. Like people, when you say it's Christmas, people get a specific feel. Now, not everybody loves that feel, but people do tend to like it a lot. Uh, the problem that I have with thinking of this as a Christmas movie, though, is because if I'm going to watch Iron Man 3, I feel uh, like I at least need to watch 1 and 2 and probably yeah. the Avengers movies as well. Like, yeah. 3 isn't one of those ones I just want to watch as a standalone No, without no. doing the surrounding homework, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, that's how I feel about it, too, is that it's it, like I've never connected it with Christmas, ever. Like, even though there are the moments that are very much trying to connect to Christmas, it's, it just doesn't, it's not something I think. I mean, it ends in them in Florida fighting. Like, it's not Christmas, you know? <laughs> like, right. I, I know, like, Floridians celebrate Christmas and all. No, they don't. That's just a rumor. It's never <laughs> it's been proven. Yeah. Never yeah. been proven. Let us know. Let us know, Floridians. Does it ever feel like Christmas? I know mm-hmm. in L.A. it really didn't. It never really felt like Christmas, except that the city was dead on Christmas. Like nice, yeah, yeah. Most people just weren't in town. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. When you're in a hot weather area, how does it ever feel Christmassy? I wonder. I'd like to find out, honestly. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a no, no, no for me. You mentioned one that I I haven't seen, so I don't have an opinion here about uh, about Los Angeles that you were just speaking Uh of. A Los Angeles Confidential. You need to see LA Confidential. I've heard that I do. It's one of those ones that I know a lot of people say is a real good movie. It's a real good movie with a lot of great fucking performances for sure. Well, you sound just like them, Steve. Grow an opinion. Grow an opinion. Uh, Russell Crowe is so good in it. Like fucking round the world. He's yeah. He is that. He is fighting all throughout LA Confidential. Uh, But yeah, no, it's the thing is, yeah, I I've never thought of LA Confidential as a Christmas movie Mm. ever. It has Christmas, I guess, going on, uh, but there's no connection for me between LA Confidential and Christmas. But maybe when you watch it, especially if you try to watch it around Christmas, I'm just saying maybe you'll be like, this is a Christmas movie. Okay. Police corruption and Christmas are one and the same. They go hand in hand. I'll have to explore (laughs) it and find out. Yeah. You know, this might be a controversial pick, but listen. And maybe a lot of people don't want to talk about this, but it is true. Christmas is kind of a sexy time, Steve. Just think yeah. about this. Okay. Stuffing the stockings, right? Ooh, Ooh. yeah. Coming down the chimney. <laughs> That's hot. Yeah. Right? Sizzle. It's hot. Um, <laughs> those candy canes. Little phallic, am I right? You know, just sucking on a rod. Everybody does it. Yeah, true. Eyes yeah, wide I- shut pretty hot movie yeah okay yeah now i i thought that was where you're going with all this sexy talk uh 
and I, I do, I do like that movie, and need to need to rewatch it around this Christmas time. But yeah, I haven't ever really thought of it as a Christmas movie, uh, so much as a sex party movie. You know um, what? You just need to watch it again. It's yeah. pretty dang Christmassy, honestly. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, at the sex party, they all have on like Santa masks. There you go. Right. That's right. <laughs> pretty sure. And there's that that weird uh, song that they're singing whenever the ritual starts, and right. it's like Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. That's what it is if you play it forwards, like it's reversed in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but whenever you play it the other way, it's it's Bert and Ernie singing Santa Claus is coming to town. I'm pretty sure. I I just wonder, like, what did Kubrick know, like? Did he just look at Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman and go, that's an unhappy couple? Because <laughs> he was right. This ain't going to work. Yeah, so this let's ain't going to work at all. <laughs> it's a wild movie. It oh, is yeah. really fucking cool, man. I saw uh, that in theaters uh, with a friend. And, you know, we we knew The Shining and, and Clockwork Orange and 2001 and all that stuff, but... It definitely wasn't what we were expecting at all. <laughs> Is it because like you started the movie and you guys are sitting down watching it and they showed a boob and you guys both turned to each other and you're like, that's what they look like? Yeah, I think I was like 16 or 17 when that came out. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> I had seen boobs up to that point. But yeah, it would have been a, a shocker, I guess. What if you just would have like stood up in your seat and been like, where's her penis? Where's Where her ding I don't understand. What's going on? There's not a woman in this with a ding dong. <laughs> what? Are they made okay. different? I don't understand. Because I never do remember, you know, because I, I guess because I had a sister. Um, but, like, I don't remember ha- ever having the thought that everybody just had a penis. I know. Me but too. But I know that I also, is common yeah. with kids. Like, because why would they think any different? Yeah. No, I I remember from an early age being like, okay, yeah, there's there's different anatomy between persons. Right. I never I, I never was just like, yeah, everybody's got a dong. Everybody's sure. got a dong. They're just little boys out there thinking that right now. Yeah, bless mm-hmm. them. <laughs> Maybe we just spoiled it for him. Spoilers. Oh shit. Hey, spoilers, guys. We got those little biscuit hand kids listening right now. This old like, biscuit Wait hand. Wait a second. Girls don't <laughs> have penises. Huh? <laughs> Bless them. Bless them. What's a boob? <laughs> yeah. Huh? It's a Christmas movie. It's not an Xmas movie. It's a triple Xmas movie. How about yes. that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> what about a movie? What maybe has a billionaire in a black suit that just beats the fucking mush out of people? <laughs> yeah. Batman but it has turns. penguins. Penguins are very <laughs> Christmassy. Yep. I listen. I think Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. Me too. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Ho ho ho. Uh, indeed. Yeah. One hundred percent. It's got it's got elements of Christmas going on in the background for sure. It's snowing all the time. That's not the way we've seen Gotham most of the time. So like, that Batman's is, it, doing uh, a lot of giving. Mainly, it's punches <laughs> to the mouth, but a lot he's of still giving, being very generous. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. Uh. So, uh, Catwoman drinks milk. That's kind of like eggnog. So, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer in a leather suit is a gift to all of us. Yeah, if absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah, if you if you if you have eyes, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer gave us one of the greatest Christmas presents of all time. Totally. 
Yeah. I'm going to say that that's very Christmassy, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. And Danny DeVito as the penguin is like one of my favorite performances in what at the time was advertised as a children's movie. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that one treaded some fine lines, dude. He bites a guy's nose like. <laughs> It's just yeah. bloody as shit. He's so he's got like all that black shit around his mouth all the time. Oh, they try. They try. They gave away toys. For I was that gonna say, movie. like, yeah, there, there's like Happy Meal toys of just like I don't know. Uh, here's this smoking hot woman in a dominatrix outfit. Thank you. Yes. Enjoy your nuggets. <laughs> yeah, I will. Like, I will enjoy them more now with all the questions I have. <laughs> <laughs> and my boner i have yep i didn't know what this was i think i was like <laughs> 10 or 11 when that came out but it definitely was one of those like okay uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> it's a christmas movie to me and again you don't yeah. have to do the homework unlike iron man no. 3 you can just watch that one on its own and it's you a standalone yeah. movie i mean back I, I i think people we you know kind of not universally but there's a pretty much a consensus that batman returns is the better movie Batman is such a good fucking movie, though. Uh, but Fuck Batman yeah. Returns is is a great fucking comic book adaptation movie that also serves as a Christmas movie. So definitely, yeah, you can just watch that anytime. Uh, Agreed. Yep. What about maybe a movie? What features a Gormlorn? <laughs> All right, so this one I don't think is very debatable, but I know people debate it for some reason gremlins i mean the, it's a christmas present that i know it all hinges whole, on a gift right yeah it's a gift and then there's christmas decor everywhere the gremlins sing uh uh fucking uh christmas song the, the <laughs> like yeah there's yes it is so and then there's the, the fucking harrowing tale of how phoebe kate's dad died dressed as santa <laughs> so festive so fun <laughs> so jolly but you know what it, it wasn't him dressed as an easter bunny it was him as santa yeah it's yeah christmas movie god damn it christmas movie yep so yeah i no, yeah that's not it's weird i think maybe some people's definition of christmas movie is just very much like everybody's talking about Christmas the whole time and uh, nothing bad happens at all. <laughs> Ever. Or it's a Christmas carol. Yeah, yeah. And some bad things happen, but don't worry, they don't end up happening. Right, Yay. right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, we did, we did Gremlins on the show a while back, mm-hmm. and I remember us having a talk about like, you know what? What if it was some some combination of like Gremlins and the song "WAP" by Cardi B, and about how many Gremlins there would be if they had a wet ass pussy? They'd just be blowing up everywhere. Yeah, because you can't get them wet, right? That may have been in our Gremlins two conversation. Could have been. Yeah. I just had a thought though. What if there was a Gremlin that was that was taking a piss in one of those urinals where like the bottom of the urinal is like on the ground like not uh-huh. the suspended type but the right. ones where the drain is on the ground yep and he's wearing shorts right and so uh feeling the piss hit his shins yep. as happens mm-hmm. with those horrible contraptions yep could his own piss make him multiply who okay i mean could gremlins just pee on themselves and be like more of me more of me I hope that's the only way. 
like like there's like they can't like just pour a bucket of water on themselves but if they piss on themselves it works like that's, right that's how i hope it works <laughs> one day what if i just like get so high that i'm like maybe i'm a gremlin and i run outside and i'm pissing on myself and just going more of me more of me <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm a gremlin is a thought to have for sure it could happen i've had crazier thoughts more of me <laughs> more of me more of me and everybody on the streets just like cheering you on more of ben more of ben <laughs> sure more yeah now what about a movie where you got one Sly Stallone. Now he yeah. has gifted us with a view of his, of his bait and tackle in the Italian Stallion. <laughs> he has. He has. I wouldn't call that one a Christmas movie, but there is a movie where he does punch some some mush uh-huh. at Christmas time, doesn't he? Uh huh. Rocky Four. Um, man, the more I think about Rocky Four, the more I'm like comically insane. It is like it's been so long since I saw it. Refresh my memory. Well. Essentially, Rocky Four is Rocky is so good at punching a guy that he ends the Cold War and <laughs> makes makes he's Russians that good at punching cheer for a guy. an American or yeah Soviet Soviet Union not just not Russians Soviets cheer for an American because he's uh, so raw and natural as compared to their their synthetic beast. Uh, oh, and also, it's at Christmas. So it's sure. like, like... Rocky saves the day at Christmas. What? I'm sure they didn't use any cocaine while they were writing no. that movie. What? No way everybody was on cocaine. It, I love... <laughs> like It has the best montage scene of any of those movies. And those movies are known for great montage scenes. Uh, it is ridiculous though. Like there's the, the robot that he gives to his kid for Christmas. Remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> there's a fucking robot? robot in that movie. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous. I want to watch Rocky four right now. But I think I do too. Let's just wrap I this talk up. About it, the more I'm like, yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> Listen, Dave the Beast, it's good. Watch it. Tune in next week. We got to yeah. go watch fucking Rocky four right now. Rocky four. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't register as a Christmas movie, but the ridiculous element of making it at Christmas makes me want it to be seen as a Christmas movie. So I, I think I'm going to try to start the tradition of okay. watching Rocky four around Christmas. I like it. That's a good mm. holiday habit right there. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you ask me, it ain't Christmas without a little bit of magic. Okay. And some elves. Right. And probably uh, an old guy with a with a, a white beard yeah yeah you talking about like the santa claus or something like that because that's definitely no. a christmas movie let's go with one that i think a lot of people don't really think of as being very crimacy but i think they're just fucking wrong because look okay. at the stats that i just named off and tell me that a lord of a ring doesn't have all of them <laughs> Yeah, hey, listen, you you don't have to convince me. I mean, ho, ho, ho. we covered the Lord of the Rings movies for like over 12 hours uh, over the past three Christmases. And uh, yeah, I, I get the hankering every year around Christmas to watch them. I, there's no element of Christmas for sure. 
other than the stuff you named, which is a good point. Yeah, there are elves. There's a guy with a big white beard, and there's mm-hmm. you know he 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 comes uh, you know uh, it, it, and helps out the good people while punishing the bad. Uh, a feller comes back given. from being dead. I mean, that's oh, pretty. Absolute, that's very you know. Santa Claus, right? He, he remember Jesus? Santa- I guess you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, you don't remember when Santa Claus died and was resurrected after three days? No, not really. Oh yeah, no, that was real. Like that—that that was one of his that was biggest crazy, miracles. Man. Yeah, <laughs> dang, it's pretty rad. Pretty yeah. cool. Cool of him to do that. It was. Thanks, thanks, Santa. Uh, one of the reasons yeah, Christmas movies, dude. Like I, I, think you're right. I think about it, you know, because they came out around this time of year, uh-huh, and true. we watched them in theaters around this time of year, and it just makes me so fucking happy. Yeah, like it, there's no better time to watch them than the holidays because it's just like a warm hug for me. It's always right. a place of happiness and um, and joy for me. So it just makes fucking sense for me to watch these every fucking Christmas. And I am still in pursuit of becoming bored of the rings. Bored of Hasn't the rings. happened yeah. yet. Hadn't happened. Yeah, I think I think that like there's something about epic action like with huge soundtracks that just really fits this time of year i you know i'm i'm thinking of even like the original star wars trilogy um i even like i, I mean not that we've we've definitely talked about these movies and I, I don't really love them anymore and have a lot of negative associations but like Her- the harry potter movies have a, a christmasy feel to me um yeah i i think epic action and, and big like orchestral scores for some reason, fit really well in the holiday And fantasy, season. you know? Yeah, like fantasy, Just having yes. that, that magical fantasy element. It just works right. to me. So, fuck yeah. Those will always be Christmas movies Absolutely. to me, damn it. Yep, I agree. I got one more here for you that's kind of a fucking hot take, Steve. Okay. And this is one that is a constant raging debate around my household. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I'll say stuff like, oh, this is a Christmas movie, and my wife will be like, you can't call that a Christmas movie and not think that White Christmas isn't a Christmas movie. Because okay. I don't think White Christmas is a fucking Christmas movie, Steve. Okay. I want just to make this known. Now, my, my wife and her clan, uh-huh. they love it. They love them songs. There ain't a Christmas goes by. They're dreaming of White Christmas all the time. Mm-hmm. All, like they do, and they, they love to sing those Christmas songs that's in the movie like choreography. Okay. And, you know, Sisters, mm-hmm. your favorite Christmas song. Oh, or um, what's that one that they do about being in the army? So okay. Christmassy. <laughs> it's good to be back in the army, whatever that is. You know, carolers sing that all the time, right? That's a good point. Uh, you know, it, it kind of is like how conservatives will point out, like, actually, the Nazis were socialists. <laughs> I don't know if it's that far, okay. Well, no, I mean, like, yeah, they put socialist in the name, but they didn't do that. They put Christmas in the name, but that's not really the point, huh? It starts at Christmas, it's true. It ends at Christmas. Okay. All the stuff in the middle is not fucking Christmas at fucking all. Right. (laughs) That's a good point. I mean, yeah, like, why choose that as the title? It's not even the focus, really. No. I mean, huh. you know, uh, again, Kate will argue with about it uh, up and down. She has okay. her, her ground that she stood on firmly for years. Right. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people love that movie and watch it every Christmas. Sure. It's a big I, event for a lot of folks. Uh-huh. Not this guy. 
No, I don't think... I don't know that I've actually ever seen it now that I'm thinking about it. Mm. Because you're mm, talking okay. about songs about choreography and stuff, and I'm like, wait, what? I don't. Yeah, there's like that. a big modern dance scene in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, fuck. Maybe I need to watch White Christmas in the summer of next year. Yeah, you know, you know it, a it normal just time to watch sense. it since sure. it's not a Christmas movie. I'm joining your side, even though I, I don't know. <laughs> yes, dude. Yes, let's just fuck, fight the power. I say. <laughs> I need comrades on my side in this fight because I I have stood this ground for years now, and I haven't yeah. found a whole lot of like. Uh, you know, people who will stand up here with me and right. declare that White Christmas is not really a Christmas yeah. movie. So I need I need buddies yeah. up on this, uh, I'm gonna this hill. Do it. I'm to die on. I'm going to do it from complete ignorance. Just, okay. <laughs> just like my my friend said, it ain't. So I agree. Exactly, dude. <laughs> exactly. So there we go. So now we have multiple people on my side in yep. this uh, in this fight against, I'm sure, billions of people that disagree. But yeah, uh, I want to know what you guys think about all these movies over on our Facebook group, especially White Christmas. I want to know if you guys think that's a Christmas movie or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll find out about it over there. We'll take some opinions. We'll uh, we'll weigh the votes. We'll tally them <laughs> up, and we'll yeah. finally determine if it's really a Christmas movie or not. I might yeah. even start a poll. God damn it. Ooh. All a right. smoking pole. Yeah, put that pole up there. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know over on the Facebook group. It's the only reason to be on Facebook is to hang yes. out with us in the group. There's all kinds of good shit going on over there. Hang out with cha boys. And, uh, dude, now I reckon it's probably about time we start talking about the day of an beast. <laughs> beast. Yeah, the day of the beast, man. So... This is one that, uh, as I said last week, um, we they showed on the last drive-in. Uh, may have been the Christmas special of last year. And while watching it, I was just blown away and was just like, wow, this is really cool. I think Ben's going to like this a whole lot. And uh, this was the first time re-watching it for me. And re-watching it only reinforced, this is a really cool movie. I think Ben's going to like this. Ben, did you like you it? You were correct. Correct, Amundo. Yes. I did like this movie. This yep. is really fucking cool. And I had never heard anything about it, which mm-hmm. is weird because, like, the title and the poster are enough to sell me. Absolutely. Like, I, I love that stuff. so good. Gets, oh, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of, like, the Omen poster, which yep. I'm mm-hmm. sure is what they were going for. Yeah, there's a definitely yeah, Omen influence, and we'll talk about some of their influences as we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. but I I love movies like this, man, that deal with, yeah, priesthood and the Antichrist and shit like that. Like, I love The Omen. I love Uh Stigmata. Like, there's Uh a lot of these flicks that are really, really cool to me with that kind of subject matter. So this seems like one of those ones that I should have seen or heard of by now. But whenever you mentioned it the other day, I was like, I've never heard of it, but you seem sure that I'll like it. So, yeah, let's go for it. And, yeah, sure enough. I really dug this movie. I, I want to watch it again. I watched it. Um, Definitely do. Yeah. The first time the other night after uh, a marathon fucking painting day, I was so fucking tired by the end yeah. of the day, but I sat down to watch this and I was taking notes and, um, definitely too tired to really pay super close attention to it. And yeah. I rewatched the last maybe 30, 40 minutes of it today yeah. over lunch, just to make sure that I remembered how it ended and shit. But uh, I'll definitely watch this one again for sure, man. I, yeah. I think that it's really fucking cool. It's a unique movie, dude. It is. It is a. It is, was advertised as a satanic comedy. Uh, okay. It definitely 
you know, I, w- I would put it into the realm of horror comedy, um, but I can understand if somebody just said this isn't much of a horror movie. I think it is. Uh, it's got the elements of the occult and uh, Satan and, you know, a lot of people die. A person gets mm-hmm. caught on fire. <laughs> a person, you know, gets shot in the ear and it's pretty gruesome and all that stuff. Like, I think it has all the horror elements, but it, it is a comedy above all things. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, I had a hard time really pinning down what genre of movie I would call this because it didn't have jump out at you scary soundtrack stab um, horror movie stuff in it. It did have gore in it, but it also had elements of humor in there, but it wasn't like slapsticky laugh out loud like Shaun of the Dead kind of shit. Okay. It is an interesting flick. What you just described kind of sounds like metal music to me. Just the tropes, right? It's like, yeah. well, it didn't have screaming in it. Must not be metal, right? Yeah, it's it's got like a lot of like the the hallmarks of metal music in like one, while putting up a front of being you know satanic or whatever. It is silly. <laughs> um, it's, you know what? It's honestly very much like the band Ghost in a lot of ways. Okay. Where, you know, it's like you tell people, yeah, Ghost is this metal band, and they they probably have some idea in mind. Then they listen to it, and it's like, oh, it's all singing. None of it's very fast or very right. brutal or anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's not it's not really metal, exactly. Yeah. But if you like metal, you'll probably like this. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking about this movie as a whole, is that, like, it kind of... It, it, it kind of like seems to be digging into the metal scene or the mindset of a metal head in For the sure. mid 90s because it's like it is it is religious which like you don't think of metal as religious but metal has an obsession with religion like yeah oh yeah definitely it's it's just so much of like you know being anti-religious but constantly talking about religion <laughs> and, yeah and that's kind of what this movie is. It's like it's it's it is very much like you know and anti-religion in some ways. It's it's and and we'll talk about you know my th- theory about how this movie is is a, a delirious old man who has no idea what the fuck he's talking about and a yeah, bunch of people dying. I, I think so too because yeah. of it. Uh, but I it, it really is like very much it it kind of undercuts religion while also like kind of making fun of satanism too and like it, it kind of like all religion including satanism is in its crosshairs and everything is kind of treated as absurd and that's i i think that's fair and i think most uh satanists would say yeah no the absurdity is is kind of part of it it's like it oh, is yeah. absurd it's supposed well, to be absurd it's mimicking like- religion even the setup for this movie, like if I gave you the elevator pitch of this movie, in itself sounds literally like the setup for a joke where you're like, okay, yeah. a, a priest, a metalhead, and, and a an psychic practitioner, yeah, yeah, <laughs> go looking for the Antichrist, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're like, oh, I've heard this and I've heard this, yeah. one. you know, it's like that. That sounds like a joke in itself, but yeah. that is the entire premise of this fucking movie is that mm-hmm. there's this priest who has cracked the code and figured out the exact date of when the Antichrist is going to be born and start the apocalypse. And he 
is going on this quest to figure out where this baby will be born because well, it's going to be born tomorrow, which is well, Christmas Eve. And his primary quest is to do enough bad shit that he can sell his soul to the devil, or at the very least, he wants to make the devil he think he's going to sell his soul to him so he can kill and stop the Antichrist or whatever. He wants to <laughs> like, get tight with the devil so he right. can find out where his son yeah. is going to be born. Exactly. Like, he's, Which, you know, it's like in itself, like there's so many things about this that to me are just so inherently stupid. And I feel yeah. like this movie is definitely playing with that where it's like, okay, if, if you are playing by the rules and you're like, okay, all-knowing, all-powerful God, well, he's letting the Antichrist be born anyway. Like, he's yeah. letting this happen, so why you're interfering, if anything, with right. trying to stop this thing from happening. I, also, it's like, if you believe in this supernatural Satan, super powerful, dark being, wouldn't he know that you're just trying to play to his interests and get to be yeah. a buddy? Like, you yeah. were a priest yesterday. I mean, okay, so, <laughs> yes, like, the plan is absurd, and that's that's one of the bases for me just thinking... At the end of the day, they didn't see Satan. They were all on LSD. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> wh- while they didn't actually accomplish their goal of stopping the Antichrist, they stopped some fascists, and that's good. That's, that's a, good a good thing. thing. So, like, they kind of ended up doing an okay thing, but also along the way did a bunch of terrible shit to you know, get to their delusion of stopping the Antichrist, who they don't even stop. The fascists kill the uh, sleeping homeless couple and their newborn baby. So it it doesn't even make like any logical, consistent sense at the end to think, oh, they actually did stop the apocalypse. They think they, or Kevin thinks they did. And it seems clear to me that Angel uh, is regretful at the end and kind of maybe thinking, like, did we do anything? I wonder about that, yeah. Because it, it even took me a second after I watched this movie the first time to realize that, like, this movie Indiana Jones does, where yeah. at yep. the end of the day, if our, you know, quote-unquote heroes would have just stayed home... Yep. The end result would have been the same. If Indiana exact Jones same. never did yep. shit, those Nazis would have melted their faces off when they right. opened up the Ark. If these guys yeah. never did shit, these fascists would have killed the perceived Antichrist child yeah. anyway. So yeah. it's like, this is totally Indiana Jones rules. Yeah. And maybe that, I mean, maybe that uh, is kind of a, a point there at the end that like, yeah, they didn't stop the literal devil, but they did kill those fascists. <laughs> so, like, right. They did stop the the major uh, issue throughout the city of Madrid that's going on in the movie that is not related to the Antichrist, and that is that there are these fascists going around killing homeless people and immigrants and uh, blacks, as the uh, uh, old woman says, uh, the old racist woman. Yeah, she she equates immigrants and black people with murderers Danger. and drug dealers. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they're they're all in the same breath to her. Uh, so cool that she died. Um, yeah, <laughs> and like, but yeah, they're they're the actual problem, the actual villains throughout the movie. But our protagonists aren't focused on them at all. They're kind of bumbling along and then accidentally stop them. But then at the end of the day, you could reframe this entire thing 
you know, if you're if you're of the religious persuasion where you're like, oh, just file this under God works in mysterious ways. It's like, yeah, sure, there were these fascists that were killing homeless people and doing horrible shit, but right. God kept them around so that they would kill the Antichrist. Like no, even even yeah, the bad okay. do good sometimes. It's like that could even be right. perceived in that way too. Yeah, yeah. If if you know, yeah. Even if yeah, even if you say that uh, you know Satan wasn't involved because they were on LSD, and uh, the only person who seems to have seen that the leader of that group was supposedly Satan was the the priest, who I think is delusional. Um, even dismissing all that. Yeah, there is the through line that these people, by going through and, and, and killing all these people, did prevent the apocalypse. Huh. Which also makes Angel's entire quest so fucking depressingly, brutally, cripplingly sad at the end of the day, because this guy threw away everything he had. Like, he threw yeah. away his salvation, when if he just would have coasted and let it go, well, it's like, well, you know... Uh, your, your God you're working for has this under control anyway. The fascists would have killed the Antichrist. You didn't have to do any of that shit, dude. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean... Pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. And the the whole story is uh, is very much like a nativity story. Like, it is, it is about three not-wise men seeking out the Antichrist. Like, it's so and, funny. You, you yeah. pointed that out earlier, dude, and I was like, how did I make it through this movie? Which even features a scene where they like crash the party on three wise men at like yeah. a nativity thing, and I didn't put it together that this movie is three figures in search of a baby that is going yeah. to be born on Christmas Eve. Yep. This is the fucking nativity story. It is. It is. It's And like... I I think like that anti nativity bit is is great. Like they've done like a good job of mirroring the nativity story and making it this like story about these bumbling idiots <laughs> um, who basically accidentally figure out where this baby is. Like it really isn't like like there's no way in my mind that that baby that gets murdered um was the antichrist they just bumbled their way into this um and that that's kind of the anti-nativity where like the wise men are guided to where they're going and actually like end up at this very specific spot with this baby who we are supposed to believe grows up to become jesus yeah Um, this is just a bunch of dummies trying to put together the pieces on their own with yeah holes in the information and right. they just kind of bumblefuck their way through this. <laughs> right. And just assume that they discovered because coincidentally they did find a baby. Though like he also sees that woman in the metal shows, you know, about to burst with child. Yeah. Uh, like and, and all all throughout the city of Madrid, I guarantee several children were born that night and like he just so happened to bumble onto this one instance of these terrible fascists killing this uh family that is unhoused and i i think the movie kind of is using that as like a a way of poking fun at religion again where it's like taking so much meaning from coincidence oh yeah he's constantly like looking for signs and seeing stuff like on billboards it's like this is your sign right (laughs) he's just searching for it right yeah and also that idea i love i love how like 
you know the the exposition scene where he's explaining you know what he found in the bible to this department store manager um but like he i love this concept in ultra religious minds that the bible is some sort of like cryptic message that once you unlock it will like make things happen somehow he's discovered some sort of numerological meaning behind the uh, revelation uh, uh to saint john uh and it it's it is like interesting i mean knowing the bible is largely boring uh the the concept that there'd be hidden messages in there is very interesting uh but the reason people came up with that was because it's so fucking boring <laughs> like, there's gotta like, be some try- kind of meeting in here yeah right. there's gotta be something meaningful here that's gonna help us fight satan or whatever uh and then also kind of the connection between how like uh you know the the priest is is like so dedicated to all this hokum and then the and then kevin uh is he just looks flippantly at the stuff he does and says it's bullshit says it's nonsense says it's not gonna work and then if they're not hallucinating if it really did happen the way they saw it his stuff worked like, right. He didn't yeah. believe in it at all, and it worked. And the person who believed so harsh, like so, like ardently in the Bible, is also going against everything the Bible says to meet Satan. Like the it it, it really is just kind of equating the nonsense. It's like saying, yeah, religion is the same thing. It's just nonsense. It's if if they were truthful, they'd say the things Kevin's saying. Hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is interesting the way that these three different, you know, main characters that we have go on this religious journey. Because you're right, you have uh, the priest who obviously is very committed to the faith and everything, and then you have the metal guy, uh, <laughs> Jose, Maria. Jose Maria, and kind of like what you're saying uh, earlier about like metal being obsessed with religion. This is something that I've always found very confusing, even back when I was religious, where if you are one of these guys that is a card carrying Satan worshiper, not like a, you know, yeah. Levian Satanist, but like a actual, I worship the biblical devil. I was yeah. always just like, by doing that, aren't you acknowledging a higher power that created Satan? Absolutely. And you're just kind of being a contrarian. Yeah. And I, I think that is a, uh, also in the crosshairs, as I said, Satanism itself being absurd, uh, and supposedly, uh, some of the crew members and the director did get like death threats from Whoa. local satanic groups. Oh uh, shit! I don't, I don't necessarily. I don't know about that. that. Yeah, yeah. It was 1995. You could make up anything, but well, especially I, like in Spain, it's probably more likely coming from Catholics, <laughs> right? Yeah, who don't want you doing the thing. And yeah, actually, um, uh, the producer, um, fuck, can't remember his name. He, uh, a producer that. The director Alex de la Iglesia had worked with before wouldn't touch this basically because of the religious element. Uh, so there was, you know, because of you know, there's a strong Catholic presence in Spain. Whether or not people are very religious or not, more more people would probably be like Jose Maria, who knows religion because it's like part of the culture, but don't care about it. Yeah, um, yeah, and even and, by being anti 
Christianity are just acknowledging yeah Christianity in itself. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely accepts uh, Christianity almost as a fact that yeah. he is he is like he is just against it. He doesn't like it as a fact. Yeah. And and that I love is how just like gung ho he is right away where he's just yeah. like, "All right, cool. We're going to find the antichrist. Cool." Like He's a fucking idiot in this entire yeah. movie. Like I love how like all throughout the entire movie the translation of what he says is always heavy, but he's like fuerte with everything, uh-huh. which is more like strong, like whoa, yeah. like that's intense, you know? Yeah. I love that he just says that for any fucking reason. <laughs> yeah, and that that guy that character is like I, I think like he's he's the comic relief, but like he also is the charm. Like because these other two guys are both, uh, you know, uh, one is delusional and the other is is a con artist. Like, they're not exactly likable, but Jose Maria is very likable. Uh, so he keeps us, like, on the side of the group. Um, and also that actor is is um, in a ton of stuff hmm. uh, and very popular in Spain, but also has been in, in movies, uh, a lot of Guillermo del Toro movies. Oh no shit! Uh, yeah, and, and, but he he also was in bla- like uh, Beyond Reanimator and um, fucking uh, shit. Oh, he was in, and I don't know if we've talked about this movie ever on the show, but I know you know it. He was in Tiptoes. Oh no way! Was yes. he really? <laughs> we- Y'all, if you don't know anything about the movie Tiptoes with Kate Beckinsale <laughs> yeah. and Gary Oldman. Uh-huh. Look, look that shit up and Matthew and McConaughey before the McConaughey songs <laughs> what the fuck dude I'm telling you we were talking about what movie was it oh is that Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie where we were like uh-huh. this feels like a movie that would be a scene in like 30 Rock uh-huh. like a fake movie that doesn't right. exist yep Tip-toes. If you watch the trailer for Tiptoes, you're going to be like, okay, this is a, a skit, right? Yeah. Like, this is a fake movie that appears in some it's TV not. show. No, it's a full movie. It's I've a seen real it. It's movie where Gary Holman plays a little person without, yeah. like, any sort of CG or anything. No, he's dwarfing the entire movie it's in a ridiculous. dead serious movie. A dead serious movie. Very serious. And I, I listen. I, I'll just say, if you if you're going to watch it, get ready to get offended. Get ready. Yeah. It's offensive <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it is surreal. Jeez. So that guy's in this too, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. I understand the the director is like really accomplished as well, like in Spanish yeah. film, mm-hmm. which I've not yep. seen, you know, any of his other flicks or anything. But I understand he's he's a big deal. You should see Witching and Bitching. Um, oh, it's, it's, you've told me about that mm-hmm. one. You should see that for sure. That's the Kate's only other movie it. I've yeah. seen that he's done. But yeah, he. I mean, this movie itself uh, was nominated for ten Goya awards, which is their, like the Spanish Academy Awards. Oh wow! Yeah, and and won for for a few for uh, um, best best director, naked grandpa. Oh, best naked grandpa for sure. That award. <laughs> Uh, and also the best new actor, the guy who played Jose Maria. So like this oh, movie wow. was well regarded in Spain. It's just one that Americans don't really know about, um, very much. And I, I'm surprised cause like, this is a very, like, it feels so nineties. Oh dude. Yes. And this has the tone of, of, of that mid nineties kind of, kind of cinema. And I don't mm-hmm. even really know what to exactly compare it to, but just kind of this crazy, like 
everything is still kind of in the shockwave of Pulp Fiction. Right. Where it's like, oh, anything goes. You can be yes. completely random. You can do stuff that's not traditional blockbuster cinema, and people yeah. will relate to it, connect to it, be okay with it. It's a really interesting tone. Like, right mm-hmm. again, right after the Pulp Fiction kind of boom, where we had all these indie filmmakers, like your Kevin Smiths and your yeah. uh, Robert Rodriguez, all these guys that were just, you know, shooting from the hip mm-hmm. and doing crazy, weird, high-risk stuff. This movie has that feel from a yeah. Spanish director. Yeah, I love the tone of this movie. With with clearly a larger budget than those, those more indie movies, but still having that feel... Um, but you know, still coming hard with the the action stunts and stuff. I was surprised oh, yeah. by some of the stuff they they do in this movie. But some it, great it, set pieces for sure. Yeah, it really does, though. It fits into it does almost. I mean, we talked about Shane Black in the preview palace there, but it almost does have a kind of Shane Black, Robert Rodriguez type of feel to totally, it. Totally, yes. And I, I, yeah, I think it does. It fits so well into the '90s that I'm really surprised this movie didn't become like a big hit in the rental market like with horror fans because i know man it seems like, like it would have fit really well especially with that that cover it with that cover it would it would have been out the door immediately like people would be like oh what the fuck is this i gotta see it for sure and i can even feel connections thematically and just tonally with like dogma by kevin smith with this movie yeah uh-huh which came out around the same time right 95 96 i think somewhere around there yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. like you could do a double header of those movies and have yourself a good old time i think absolutely yeah and it's like you said those set pieces the action bits in this are legit really good like super intense like edge of your seat kind of shit yep i love it i i love the um, the the uh, like sign the neon sign hanging bit like they did such a good <laughs> and they're job tripping balls and, and everybody's tripping out balls, of their yeah. mind. <laughs> I listen like I seriously the more adult I get the more like things kind of hit me now where like as maybe a twenty something watching this I would have just been like yeah it'd be weird tripping balls up there I guess but now as a as a forty something. I'm watching it and like in my mind really feeling that feeling like what would it be like to be up on that sign on LSD and it had me like freaking out a little bit just like <laughs> that light in the feet fe- feeling and just like I would I couldn't possibly even bring myself to walk out onto that sign on LSD. <laughs> like, For sure. There'd be no fucking way, man. I'd just be like, I'll just go with the cops. <laughs> I'd rather deal with cops right now than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this movie, too, it does a really good job of keeping us on our toes because right there in that very first opening scene, we get that that brother priest that gets annihilated when that huge cross falls on him it just kind of lets you know like oh anything can happen in this movie yeah and then like throughout the movie they have a lot of those kind of precarious situations as i was talking about the the sign thing but also the buildings that they go to are leaning buildings and there's a big like stone statue in the middle of them that is like huge but then has a like very small like tiny base that give it that precarious feel i kept thinking throughout the movie you know that something else is going to fall on someone like because it's like it's like it was set up so like the movie sets up at the beginning and 
gives you this like surprise death, but then has you tense throughout the rest of the movie thinking it's going to happen again. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. And there's just like these other random bits of danger floating around through the story, like, like yep. the fascists who we see killing random yep. homeless people in this, you know, clean up yeah. Madrid campaign that they're on. And it's like every time that they do something, it's super shocking, obviously. Yeah. But then there's so much other shit going on with all this Antichrist stuff and all this that you forget they're in the movie until they show up again. And you're like, fuck, it's the fascists again. Yeah, here come the fucking fascists. One of the times, one of the people they kill is definitely not homeless. Like, he's throwing away a Christmas tree and then, like, grabbing a newspaper. It, it, it very much seems like he just came out of his apartment building to throw away a Christmas tree and, and get a newspaper. And then these guys, the fascists, like, set him on fire. Uh, and I was kind of wondering, like, what the fuck? Why is that? And then I realized the actor who's playing that is is, is brown. Uh, mm. So I, they're just also racist. They hate homeless people. They hate anyone who isn't white. Uh, it, it's very, like, very much fascist. Like, yeah. they, they very much are playing out the exact, like, uh, desires of, of fascists. And it's, it is shocking every single time. I mean, they catch a man on fire. It is brutal as fuck. It's to fucking see brutal. In a yeah. comedy. It's a largely a comedy throughout. And that happens. Yeah, it's definitely really fucking grim. And even like whenever they, yeah, they, they shoot that family that's under the cardboard. Yeah, there's a at baby the end of the that movie. kill a fucking baby. It's it's grim. Yeah. Like it, it, it's weird because all that you see as a viewer is like, you know, feet sticking out from under cardboard. Yeah. You know, kind of like wiggling and squirming around as they're getting shot but yeah it's almost like worse than if you would have seen their full bodies riding right. around and you know gunshots and blood right. and stuff like it's not really gory whenever they show it but there's something about it that's just so fucking grim yep yeah i agree and that i mean also as i said about like just precariousness the precarious position of being homeless i mean like they they thought that they had found a safe space away from anyone to give birth to this baby. A manger and, of sorts. Yeah, a manger of sorts. And then they thought perhaps they could get some sleep as they were exhausted. Yeah. And they couldn't. Uh, that position is so precarious where society just rejects you and doesn't care what happens to you. And some people support bad things happening to you. Oh, yeah. Actively support yeah. it. For sure. Marsha Blackburn, mm -hmm. you yes. fucking bitch. Yep. 100% fucking bitch. Yep. Yep. Um, and then there's also other random elements of danger that come out of nowhere, like like the, the racist house mom lady that you were talking yeah. about. Mm -hmm. Whenever yep. she jumps on and attacks Angel and has a gun and shoots his fucking ear off. Yeah. She, like... She was talking about wanting basically to do what these fascists are doing, and she saw her opportunity. And it's so interesting because, again, that's like we've seen that play out with, say, Kyle Rittenhouse. People wanting the opportunity to kill people they hate and perhaps finding, even going looking for it and going putting themselves it, yeah. in a situation so that they yeah. get to do it. Yeah. Now, hmm. this situation, definitely, though, it's it's a little different because she is in the right. Like, that's the thing is because we see these guys as the protagonists and she is racist and obviously hateable because of that. It's easy to forget that she's just trying to stop this guy from killing Mina. 
Well, that's the thing is like at the end of the day, <laughs> our main priest here, thing, right? yeah, like like Angel, our good guy, yeah. not really a good guy. Like at the no. start of the movie, he fucking pushes a mime down into the subway. Yep. He like steals that guy's luggage. Like right. he does all kinds of terrible shit in the yep. name of good apparently right. according, Although, yeah, according again, to debatable him. Mm-hmm. if any of this shit is even real anyway right. yeah um so yeah you're right it's like whenever she attacks him it's like she's not even really attacking a, a good guy no <laughs> exactly. but yeah but that is how it kind of feels you're like oh no fuck i hope he gets away but it's also like wait no i don't <laughs> like he's, <laughs> he's trying to take shit. this woman's blood like he's right. drugged he this, woman up. this poor woman's blood like uh i also like i i like names throughout this have some significance and her name being mina and him like you know taking blood out of her neck mina harker from dracula yeah Uh, yeah definitely something going on there yeah for sure and then also like you know his name is angel uh jose maria's name is joseph mary (laughs) a little on the nose okay And then Kevin's name is non-biblical, which is always interesting to me, like, you know, why they choose specific names. Like, it it is a common writing trope to indicate that a secular person is secular by giving the character a non-biblical name. Right. Uh, Kevin is is an Irish name, I believe, or Celtic name, Uh, but... I looked it up. It just means handsome. So, like, it's like, yeah, that's an accurate descriptor of this guy. But I was wondering if, like, maybe they were going for something more with naming him Kevin. I don't think so. I think it's kind of maybe even a little bit of a joke that this mystic master or whatever his name is, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, man, like, there's always just danger around every corner in this. And, dude, after he gets his ear shot off and his ear just stays, like, fucking chewed up up the rest of the movie. Yeah. It looks so nasty. It looks real. It looks good. His eyelid looks so gross later on. It's just, like, dangling, it looks like. Like, it's almost off. But, dude, then, too, like, after he gets attacked and ends up, like, pushing that that woman down that balcony. Uh Uh-huh. I guess they killed her. Like, I guess this they is, killed that woman, yeah. She's gone now, right? <laughs> yes, like, we watched a snuff film, so. I'm pretty sure. I guess How'd so. How'd they do yeah. that? I, it was a great stunt. It was a great fucking stunt. It's, I mean, this and the and the walking out on the neon sign stunts are both fucking impressive. I, I liked it a lot. They, they did oh, yeah. not. Yeah, they, there was so much they could have done to make that uh, look less like they actually killed a person. <laughs> because <laughs> i'm pretty sure that they did because yeah, they probably did yeah <laughs> uh speaking of uh effects and stuff man what did you think about the portrayal of, uh, of old scratch himself in this of el diablo okay so yeah i i mean you know we got the black goat um which you know the the black philip style goat early on when they're in the the uh penta the pentagram and, and they've summoned satan that is you know i think you know the the goat looks great because it's got those weird fucking horns and really just kind of has that like menacing very cool feel. yeah um but then like there is some cgi there which is some very mid-90s cgi <laughs> very very much yeah. so yeah but then it's like dude i can sweep that under the rug because yeah. i'm like well they're it's tripping a, balls it's, a it's not real yeah uh-huh I, it's the same thing I thought too, where it's like, okay, that's actually fine because if the point is they they're not actually seeing this, they're hallucinating, then fine, it w- it wouldn't look real. 
Yeah, same yeah. thing at the end of the movie, whenever they're up on top of the building where the fascists have just killed the Antichrist, basically. Right. Uh, whenever they go up there and they're running from the fascists, it looks like they probably shot that green screen and put in this kind yeah. of like darkened sky behind them and shit. For sure. And then uh-huh. that's also where we see the full body appearance of, of the devil himself. And it looks, and if you know what I'm talking about, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It reminds me so much of early PlayStation 1 or Sega CD cutscenes, like yeah. FMV stuff. Yep. Where it has this like staticky, crackly, uh-huh. not super clear picture. Like you're obviously seeing fake shit, but it looks like a PS1 cutscene to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and that's. that's and I'm not, okay with that because I yeah, like that. Yeah, that's not like. It's not like it's. We're saying it, it uh, didn't age well. It, it does look like that, but because if you're thinking of it as this is a hallucination, that works better than it. Because like, I I've done a lot of hallucinogens and plan on doing more. I've never had like a full on seeing something that isn't there. I have seen shadows and rumples of clothes and rumples of, of you know, uh, uh, curtains or whatever and gotten a flash of an image that probably, like, the way my head was seeing it isn't very realistic. Uh, so to see it that way, to see it as, like, a, PS, a PS1 cutscene is actually probably more accurate to what the the priest is seeing there. He's having hallucination, seeing like plays of light and stuff that make him feel like that's what he's seeing. Yeah. And I love how they made the devil look in that too. It's like the goat's head, but it like walks on its hind legs. It's kind of, I don't know, kind of minotaur esque in a way. Mm -hmm. Yep. I I think it looks fucking cool, man. Like the way that the, the face and stuff looks, it looks like if you've ever seen, um, like at a butcher shop or something, like the head of of a goat or right. a sheep, yeah. Or you know, maybe somebody makes some cabeza, you uh-huh. know, something like a like like a goat's head stew or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like a a goat's head that has been flayed and had like the yep. fur and skin kind of taken off it, and it has these little beady eyes that are popping out. I think it looks really cool, personally. I saw some yeah, people in reviews talking shit about like, oh, it looks so fake, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. I thought it looked pretty neat. Yeah, me too. I yeah, I have no I have no qualms with the way it looks because it works with my theory. It works with my right. idea of how the movie's going. Now, yeah, if you're seeing it straightforward as yeah, the, these guys really did stop all this or whatever, then yeah, the devil looks lame. He looks like a PS one cutscene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that it really does kind of feed into the narrative that there was never anything supernatural right. going on at all. all. Like the only time yep. that you ever see anything in this that could be contrived as supernatural, not just people looking for signs and finding meaning in shit that didn't mm-hmm. mean anything. Like the black goat and the Satan that you see at the end of the movie, yep. like that's only after they've all done a fuck ton of LSD in that ritual. Right. And, and like, you know, the priest dying because of the cross falling and the fan who was seeking an autograph dying because of the electric shock, like those things seem significant, but if you're looking for it, if yeah, you're looking for it. Otherwise it's like, Oh, that was a terrible accident. <laughs> and that's all it yeah. is. Yeah. That's up to stuff. Not being up to like OSHA code more than right. anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
But I uh, I wonder if that was the intent of the movie the entire time is just to be like, yeah, these guys are on this mission for nothing. Yeah. Um, and there isn't anything supernatural. And the only reason they see anything crazy is because they're tripping balls. Like the movie yeah. lets you know, like, oh, yes, they are tripping right now for sure. So after that, it kind of becomes an unreliable narrative in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- uh, I think like one of the things that is interesting to me because they this definitely has a a good grasp of like metal heads and the metal scene in the 90s it it definitely like jose maria is definitely a really good metal head character yeah um how do you feel i i i don't know enough of the music in this but how do you feel metal was represented as a genre in this you know i could see some people looking at this the wrong way especially you know mid 90s when this is made Mm -hmm. we're we're still you know uh putting salve on the scars of the satanic panic right um and and it's about to happen again like columbine era and stuff where we start blaming metal marilyn manson did it oh yeah Yeah. i'd start i think maybe he did now you know that we know more about him i think he might have called those kids up and been like hey do that could be he's Mm -hmm. a piece of shit he is (laughs) i will say that the beautiful people still slams i feel bad about how fucking awesome that song is that whole album is fucking great god damn it yeah, I know, dude. Sucks. Should have never made that guy famous, man. Nope. Should have never give that guy nope. fucking power. Nope. But but anyway, like it's it's kind of a hard line to tread with this. Where, like I said, we're we're still very much dealing with, you know, trying to get credibility back to metal bands as far as not being agents of the devil and all this shit. Uh huh. And this movie is very much playing into like, oh yeah, this guy he is into metal. He's into satanic bands. He wants to worship the devil. Like. This guy's kind of all about it. But at the same time, you know, you could see that and be like, oh, that's that's besmirching the good name of most metalheads, which, you know, 99.9% of us are not worshiping the devil. No. But there is that 0.1% that is, and they're real stupid, and that's what this guy is. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if you know the metal scene, you know this guy isn't typical, and you know no. he does exist, though. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, is he's a good example of a metalhead character that, like, like, because he's not just a general metalhead. He's a very specific character you would meet in the metal scene. Yeah. And I like, I like that about him. I also like... I love, and this is just like a, one of the smaller gags in the movie, but when the priest comes in looking for metal music, his list has uh, uh, Iron Maiden, spelled correctly, then yeah. Napalm Dez, yeah, Napalm <laughs> Dez, Hase uh-huh. Dese. <laughs> I love that, too. I had to look that up, and it's like, Hase Dese? Oh, ACDC. ACDC, yeah. <laughs> So also, good. just the very idea that uh-huh. people legit thought that ACDC was yeah, like Antichrist exactly. Devil style. Like, come on, it's man. Like, it's like he wrote those down from like, he, he overheard conversations about evil music and just wrote those down as he heard them and went into the metal store to ask for them because he assumed that was the most satanic music. And then, of <laughs> course, he's introduced to way more satanic music. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like it. Like I said, he's a very small sliver of the world of metal. Yeah. Uh, and you have to remember that and understand that, but I get it. I think it's fun. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I think um, 
I think the metal scene is is full of people with um, a good sense of humor. Not everyone, obviously. They're certainly Most the overly them, serious assholes, but mostly you're dealing with people who kind of are in on a joke. Where For it's sure. like, yeah. you know, this we're we're singing about the most brutal shit we can think of. Not something we want to happen. It's just a genre. That's just how you think of it as like, I don't know, Cannibal Corpse. Like Cannibal Corpse has some insane fucking songs about, you know, burning babies or whatever. They're just regular old dudes. They don't- Oh, and the nicest guys in the world. Right. Like Alex Webster, dude, their bass player, is straight yeah. up the nicest fucking guy. Yeah in the world but then there's the people that like take it really seriously yeah. it's like oh man you're missing Vard. the joke dude mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say is like the <laughs> the black metal elitist guys yeah. mm-hmm. um especially are the ones that are kind of the worst about it from yep. my personal experience the worst yep 100 percent the worst the the purists Ugh. and they're always racist they're always racist there's a tie there yep. and uh i don't like that nope don't like it at all not a fan not a fan yep. of that right there it's a fun movie, dude. And I'll tell it you is. what, man. Like, from the get-go, it hits the ground fucking running, and it sprints the yep. entire runtime. The Great pacing pace. of this movie... Dude, I was... You know, between, like, trying to keep up with the movie and obviously reading subtitles, yeah. I was having such a hard time making notes because the movie is brisk as Yeah, fuck. it's just moving. Yeah, it, yeah. The, the opening is so good with, like, you know, we get the idea of what he's going to be doing, but he doesn't give us the full explanation. The exposition's going to come later in a funnier moment when it would it works. Uh he you have that he whispers to the other priest like what, you know, needs to be done or whatever. So we aren't really sure exactly what's going on and then the other priest out of nowhere gets crushed by this gigantic cross and we're just off. Like at that point it is just going. And goes and does a great job of keeping up a good not only a good like action pace but a good comedic pace to not to not drown out the horror like yes. the, the comedy like it's it's always kind of present but then there's those moments like i said where you know those guys get out of that uh, suv and, and burn that man alive there's no comedy nothing funny happens it oh, there's, is just there's brutal. constant reminders that like oh don't forget the stakes are fucking high <laughs> yep. it's like yes this is a silly ridiculous story about a priest who's trying to become evil and his metal uh-huh. head and psychic companions but like yeah. don't forget like real shit is real going on evil here. is out there and i think that Balanced. might be kind of the point of the movie is like the evil that they're seeking to stop isn't real it's not something to really be worried about there's a real evil out there and it gets overlooked and even supported and yeah. and that's you know i mean especially now that we've definitely seen a rise in christo fascism and stuff like that throughout the world uh it it's true it's just like yeah the the fears that they say they're they have are really just the same fears as racist fears like they they, (laughs) their main focus isn't so much loving one another and forgiving one another and taking care of the poor and sick and the widows it's making sure that they don't live in your neighborhood and killing them if you want to uh, How about it's that? Sad, and it's sad. <laughs> That's the real villain in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it is, man. I, I liked it. I'm really glad that you suggested this flick because, like I said, I I had not heard 
anything about it, but I will certainly be watching this flick again. I'd like to see a really good quality, you know, like Blu-ray transfer. Yeah. Yeah. It does need that. I think. Cause like, uh, watching it on shutter, it was like, this is nice. It feels like a, an early nineties DVD. <laughs> like, Agreed. Yeah. yeah it doesn't like this have is ripped from a VHS. Is yeah. What it feels like. Yeah. So I, I would like to see a, a higher quality Blu-ray release of this for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I, I think a lot of people like this flick. Oh, definitely. Yeah, if you if you've li- sit sat and listened to all this and think like, oh, it's been spoiled for me, it hasn't. Uh, watch it. You're gonna love it. I think. Like, I think knowing our audience as I do, most people will probably very much enjoy this movie. So go watch it. And also, if you don't already have Shutter. I, I they've recently announced layoffs. I know that it's just evil corporate fucking greed and shit. Oh, really? But like, I didn't know that. I I don't know how we can if we can save Shutter. Let's fucking do it because oh, Shutter is so good and such an important resource. Well, especially for like international stuff too. Right. I mean, you know, nowhere has the the amount of international titles that nope. Shutter does. Yep, and, and like. You know, the last drive in and, and horror noir and like they've done so many like great documentaries and like I and the shutter original stuff. I've seen so many great shutter original movies. Like I, I really hope, you know, beyond AMC's issues that somebody can come in and like save shutter because yeah, I, sure. I need shutter in my life. I need that to continue being a thing. Definitely, man. You got any other uh, final thoughts and want to put a rating on this thing? Um, yeah, I mean this is this is like we we haven't done a ton of Spanish movies and doing this made me realize like yeah, there are a ton of Spanish movies that we really should get into like you know, Wreck and and Devil's Backbone and stuff and I mean we've done Del Toro but um we definitely need to do more Spanish productions because I th- oh pieces is another Spanish movie we have done. Hell uh, yeah! I I'm very interested in diving into their like. There's so much in this movie that I know I'm not getting because I don't get the cultural references and stuff like that. Same, and I was even wondering about like, was there something going on in this time period right. with this clean up Madrid shit? Like, yeah. was that like make America great again shit going on right. over there? Like, I, I just don't know anything about it. I wanted to exactly. have time to research that, but of course I didn't. Yeah, I also was just too busy. But yeah, I, I, I would like to get in more into Spanish horror films and um, really just like try to comprehend all the cultural things that are going on because i you know i think with uh, french horror movies i've i've gotten a pretty good grasp of why you got like the french new extremity and stuff like that but uh, spanish spanish horror movies tend to go very hard and stick with me and i really do want to get more into them so this this is i think this movie has convinced me to spend more time researching spanish horror and i i think Really, I I have no complaints about this movie. It is a solid horror comedy Christmas movie. It does all the things you need done. It's it's got uh, some real brutal moments. It's got some real funny moments, and the 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 themes and stuff are all stuff that I'm very interested in specifically fuck fascists. Like, you know, like that stuff's all cool. I love, I love all that. So if I'm slapping a rating on this, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't 
know that I get everything that's going on, but I think I do. And I think I just really enjoy this film. So for me, it's like a seven and a half to an eight type yeah. of movie. I'm kind of thinking right there with you about seven and a half is probably where I'd put it. I, I didn't have the same like, like, I don't know. Sometimes I see a movie and, and I just have this instant connection to it. Like when I saw right. uh, House of the Devil for the first time, oh, and I was yeah. like, where uh-huh. has this been my whole life? Holy right. shit. Or like the first time I saw The Shining where I was like, this movie's reading my mind. This Absolutely. is so cool. Yeah. Um, I don't have that kind of connection with it, no. but I, I really enjoyed it. And it's great to see a movie that I didn't even know existed that I clicked with so much. So yeah, I think seven and a half for me as well. Really enjoyed awesome. this flick. Very cool movie. Thanks for suggesting yeah, that no one. And on next week's episode, we're going to be dipping our toes even further into Christmas. This is going to be coming out um, as an early Christmas present for you guys. Of course, the last couple of years we've been going through the the Lord of the Rings trilogy, yeah, uh, which has been it. a a beloved yearly tradition for the yeah. past three years. But um, this year we were just kind of like, man, like. What could we do? Like, do we start fucking Star Wars? Do we right. do The Hobbit? Whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think we were both just like, you know what sounds fun is kind of doing just a one-off, yeah, non, um, you know, part of a huge ongoing series sort of thing. Like we did the first couple of Christmases that we had mm-hmm. where we did Die Hard and Home mm-hmm. Alone. Yeah. So this year, we're going to give you guys a little wild card dive into Ho Malone Dose. Home Alone Dose. That's right. The movie where the kid who was uh, left alone in a house gets left alone uh, at an airport and accidentally ends up in New York City like you do. Um, Like you do. And then sets up traps all over the place to take down those criminals. That's right. That's exactly (laughs) what happens. We're going to talk about it next week on the show so be sure to tune in then after you rate and review our show on apple Podcasts or spotify anywhere you can do some reviews helps us out a ton as yep. well as your support on our social media accounts which you can find on our link tree page follow us on instagram and twitter and all that jazz and of course that lovely facebook uh, group that we have that we all participate in and also support us on patreon yep patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely head on over there become a patron on any level you get access to patreon exclusive episodes become a patron on a five dollar level you get access to the smoking bowl that's right you get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl and once a month we draw from that smoking bowl and then we cover the movie that we draw from the smoking bowl we're going to be doing it in a couple weeks so if you want to get your movie in there head on over patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely yeah damn right support us over there and tune into the show next week hopefully everybody out there is having a wonderful honda days a good december <laughs> to remember right uh or a blessed toyotathon whatever it is mm-hmm. that you celebrate mm-hmm. in your household and uh, we'll catch up with you guys next time here real soon goodbye bye now love you So, you know, here recently I was doing some reading about witches back in the olden times, you know, which, oh, okay. um, right. as we talked about many times on the show, you know, a lot of times these weren't people that were in league with the devil or anything. These were just common women who had been forced out of living in normal society. Right. Uh, and very unfairly, right? Yep. Uh-huh. So some scientists did some research and found that due to them being, you know, cut off from living in the villages with the other people, 
they also had like a lot of nutritional disadvantages because they didn't have access to the farming and the agriculture and stuff that they had back in the villages after they'd been kicked out, right? So okay, a lot of these uh, a lot of these old women living out on their own, you know, they suffered from from stomach problems and stuff. They had upset stomachs all the time and okay. uh, gastrointestinal problems and all that. Uh huh. They uh, they suspect that they might have been suffering from Crohn's disease. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't have guessed. I couldn't have guessed yeah. where that was going. I couldn't. <laughs> they may Crohn's have, yeah. disease. That makes yeah. sense. That makes yeah. sense. So, like, whenever people in the village would see them, they would scream, "Oh, Crone!" Because you know, shit would come out of them often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It's pretty sad stuff. Honestly, it is sad. It's very, very sad. unfairly. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe. That these, you know, uh, supposed witches would develop this stomach issue and not, you know, talk to Satan about it. Like, I feel like Satan would help. He'd, you know, he'd be like, oh, no, my brides. I don't want your tummies (laughs) to hurt. (laughs) (laughs) That's my Satan impression, by the way. Okay, it's pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty good. Pretty accurate. (laughs) 